The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 341. Can't believe it, of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Joining me again this week, your friend and mine, Jason Linden. How are you, Jason? You know, I'm just as splendid as I can be here in 2020, Chadwick. 2020? What a year, huh? What what a year. Everything has gone right in every way in 2020, especially for the Cincinnati Reds. Everything is great. Everything is perfect. This is fine, we say, as everything's on fire around us. Well, let's talk about the Reds. This week, once again, you know, last week I kind of was like trying to make the case, "Eh, they can still get in there, and they still could get in the playoffs, but it was another another subpar week since we joined you last on the podcast, the Reds. Let's see, went 3-3, and but really lost two games against the Pirates over the weekend. They should have swept that series. Yeah, they needed to go 5-1, and and they were 3-3. And it was the it was Pittsburgh, one of the worst teams in the league, and they defense killed them one night. Rosella Iglesias did his thing another night. It's just this team can't get over the hump, can they? No, <laughs> that's the exact right response for the twenty twenty Reds. Just a, a long sigh. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about the quickly about the news of the week because there's not much other than the Reds lost. Uh, Nixon's L still not back. Supposed to be back soon, they say, and that's all they're saying. Um, the Reds did call up Tyler Stevenson. That's exciting. <laughs> it um, is. Ex- I mean, you're not being sarcastic, right? No, I'm not. I'm interested <laughs> okay. to see what he does. I, I hope he gets significant playing time. Um, I wish they'd let Aquino do something every now and again too. Oh yeah, I remember him, Aquino. Uh, you know. Tyler Stevenson, I'm happy, very happy, obviously, that they that they called him up. But it's frustrating to me that it took him so long, number one, given the state of the Reds catchers. And number two, what's frustrating to me is this was the 60-game sprint, and the Reds had to be really you know, on point the whole time. And the Reds now, at this point, seven players from the opening day roster are no longer even on the 40-man roster. And I mention that because Matt Davidson was designated for assignment to make room for Tyler Stevenson. Seven players on the opening day roster, including two players in the starting lineup on opening day, Matt Davidson and Philip Urban, are no longer even on the 40-man roster, much less a part of the organization. Some of the, Actually, uh, uh, I think Christian Colon's the only one that's actually even still left in the organization out of that group. Yeah. Uh, what do we say about that? I mean, that's that seems amazing after like just basically a month and a not even a month and a half. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. And, you know, a a lot of talk has been made about, um, I guess, the the poor luck on the Reds. You know, I know that Doug has been tweeting about the the BAPIP, the absurdly historically low BAPIP of the Reds this year. And it really has been ridiculous. I mean, you know, 
I, I think maybe maybe the the thing that most stands out is what was it? Joey Votto hit a ball at 106 miles an hour, and it was an out. <laughs> yeah. I, like what what else can you do? You know, um, there comes a point, but you know, I do I do want to want to quibble just for a moment with something you said. You know how I love to quibble. Sure, bring it on. Um, regarding the catchers, I, you know, I, I understand that people are maybe frustrated, but. I don't know. I wonder if it's as cut and dried as, as we make it out to be. Casale, his batting average isn't high, but his OPS is fabulous. I mean, he's overall, you know, hit really well. He's 43% above the average hitter, according to fan graphs. I mean, you can't complain about Casale. Um, and then Tucker, you know, has the defensive thing. You know, I think it's important to note, I mean, granted, like, Tucker's hitting has gotten even worse lately. Like, I think he was kind of riding right along the line and his little recent tailspin kind of did him in. But, you know, this I understand how they might worry sticking a new kid behind the plate with pitchers who aren't used to him might have negative consequences. And, in, you know, the starting pitching, for the most part, is one of the few things that's gone right for the Reds. Um, so, you know, it, it might be kind of a better the devil, you know, scenario. Uh, listen, Jason, I think you're you're completely right. That's a completely reasonable argument to make. Uh, my thought is just all along, and again, there's no good answers here, but the offense has been so putrid that can T- Tyler Stevenson do worse than Tucker Barnhart, for example, when you need some kind of an injection of something? And so I'm, I, and with and what's rapidly becoming a lost season, I'm like, well, let's just give the guy a chance. But but you're, you're not wrong. I mean, the one good thing that's gone, uh, the one thing that's gone well for this team is, has been the starting pitching and. And it's not all about hitting for the catchers. You do have to consider that. So that's, uh, I hate to concede that you've made a good point, but I, I will do that. Well, I, you know, from time to time it occurs. <laughs> um, I'm looking something up right now just because I'm curious. Let's see. Hold, hold, hold with me for just a second here because I'm navigating columns. Scintillating radio here. All right, here we go. Here we go. You know what WOBA is, Chad? I do. Weighted on base average? Yeah. All right. So I went over real quick to Baseball Savant because while we're talking about it, I think it might be useful to talk about the luck aspect. So the Reds' WOBA is .305, which is, to put it mildly, real bad. Whoa, buh. I'm I'm sorry. It's okay. We don't understand. (laughs) Their expected WOBA is .337. So they've been basically 32 points unlucky, according to the various batted ball statistics. I hate that term, unlucky, Jason. But let's dig into that right now, because it's true. It's absolutely 100% true. This team has been almost historically unlucky, haven't they? I don't think there's an almost, is there? (laughs) Well, at this point, there's not. I mean, uh, in the last 30 years... Go, go look yeah. at the, the piece uh, that, that I have over at Tuesday Magazine right now. But um, the Reds' BABIP, batting average on balls in play, is 237. 237. Uh, it, well, it may be different after last night, but uh, when I wrote that, 237. That is, that is not only the worst in the last 30 years, it's more than 20 points below the next lowest team. And so, again, yeah. batting average, for those of you that don't know, batting average on balls in play is a uh, just what it sounds like a team's batting average on at bats that end with the ball being hit into play. So uh, it basically normalizes or somewhere around 300 generally, but uh, 
it, 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 it's if you're way below it, you're generally thought to be unlucky. If you're way above it, you could be expected to regress to the mean. And the Reds are so far below the uh, the average BABIP, it's absurd. So the, the, I don't like the argument, and I'll, I'll explain why in a moment, but there's no question that it's that the Reds have been unlucky. I mean, God, when can they regress some, huh? <laughs> Get back to that mean a little bit. Yeah. Bring, well, bring mean. That's all I want. Just the mean right now. Yeah. Okay. Now, this gets us to the, the topic of the show that I want to discuss. Okay. And, I, and I'm going to give you, I want to, I have some things I want to say, and I want you to have the, I want to hear, I want to, because you and I haven't really discussed this. I want to know what your thoughts are. And the question is, should David Bell, the manager of these intrepid red legs, be on the hot seat? What do you think? Um, I have a fairly unequivocal no for that. And I have an explanation, if you'll humor me. I would love to hear your explanation. So over the last few years, my views on a manager have evolved. And I think the way that managers are treated throughout baseball has evolved also. A lot of managers now, and I think this is the cases of David Bell, have a lot of the in-game managing taken out of their hands. You know, the, the front office tells you what to do in what situations. Um, so I think what matters a great deal is how much the players believe in you, like playing for you, so on. And so clubhouse morale, I think, is now the manager's job for the most part. And I haven't heard any inklings that anybody has any problem with David Bell. In fact, everybody seems to get along with him real well. Um, given that, I, I kind of think if somebody should be on the hot, hot seat, it should be somebody who's more in the front office. You built the team. Why isn't it winning? Okay. I do not disagree with any of that. This well, is- there. It's been a nice podcast, Chad. I'll <laughs> talk to you next week. I have a different perspective, but I can't disagree with any of it. Because let me let me begin here with by saying, I don't think David Bell should be fired. I'm not calling for David Bell to be fired, and I think if David Bell were fired tomorrow, the people screaming for his neck will be disappointed because things aren't going to get immediately better just because David Bell has been fired. Do you disagree with any of that, Jason? Uh, I do not. Okay, so we're on the same page so far. It is true that the Reds have been historically unlucky this year. Uh, there's no no question. And I'm here to tell you that I don't care about BABIP. Uh, it's another excuse from a franchise that's done not one thing to earn the benefit of the doubt, even if it's true, okay? Uh, and, of course, bad luck doesn't explain the ridiculous, just horrible defense we've seen or or, you know, Zell Iglesias or Michael Lorenzen or Eugenio Suarez, how they've performed, guys who you would traditionally... Oh, the bullpen. Oh, gosh, I know, right? So that's not bad luck. Um, but the offense, certainly, there's been bad luck. I still think that David Bell has... The things that we see in the job, you know, probably 15% of the actual job are what we see publicly. Yeah. And I'm not pleased with what I've seen from him. I don't think he's had any kind of a sense of urgency all season long. I mean, as recently as last week, he's batting Matt Davidson third, and that guy's not even on the team anymore. He's given it back to Christian Colon, Travis Jankowski. So, you know, I think it's a short season, so you need your best players in the lineup as often as possible. And those guys haven't performed, and Bell, you know, doesn't get blamed for the fact that some of those guys have not performed. But 
here's here's the point I'm I'm getting getting at here, and you kind of touched on it. Somebody's got to take responsibility for this thing, yeah. right? Somebody has to. Now, do you think it's going to be the front office? Just no, as an observer. No. Why not? Um, I don't know. I kind of just. I think it's one of the same problems that's kind of plagued the organization for a long time, which is the same nepotism. Yeah. Um, I think everybody who is currently in a prominent position in the front office knows someone is well liked by by Bob or by by somebody else up there, and I just I don't think that that any of the big decision makers are going anywhere. But that's David Bell too, isn't it? You know, it his, is David. Bell. His dad is in the inner circle, basically. Yeah. And a former red and local kid. So. Somebody has to take responsibility for this. And I've yet to hear anyone take responsibility for it. Um, you know, it's the seventh. If, if it, again, it, they could turn it around, but this will be, if, if they don't, this will be the 17th losing season in the last 20 years. And if you think that's entirely David Bell's fault, you're an idiot. It's not. But doesn't he get some of the blame? Maybe some of it, but I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the I'll tell you the extent to which I am willing to blame David Bell, which is why on earth are Michael Lorenzen and Rosella Iglesias your lockdown go-to relievers right now? Yeah. Why is it not Amir Garrett and Lucas Sims? That's the stuff that we can see. Yeah. And maybe that goes back and, to not you know, wanting to hurt feelings. And, and you it's know. not a matter of with either of those guys, I don't think. It's a matter of, oh, you know, they're throwing the ball well and there have been a couple of unlucky bits. No, they clearly they just don't look good. They look fine. They look like middle relievers. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's stuff that's obvious to all of us. Yeah. Uh, it seems obvious anyway. And still, Rosella Glacius gets chances to, to blow games. What about, what about this? When we're talking about pinning some of the blame on, on David Bell, I want to ask you about this. To me, it seems like it is true that every David Bell's only been manager for, you know, this is his second season. But since day one, his teams have underperformed expectations. They were expected to be better last year than they were. And this year, they were expected to be way better than they are. Doesn't he have to take some responsibility for that? Yes. let 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 me say it a different way. I'm perfectly, you know, we talked about how 85% or whatever of a manager's job is in the clubhouse. And I think you're right. All the evidence that we can see, and I think some of the beat writers have said, you know, I think Joey Votto and Jesse Winker ran out on the field to kind of defend him. And and there's a feeling that the players like playing for him. And that's great. But if if David Bell is great at those things off the field, why has it never, why has that never shown up on the field? in the results where the Reds need it. Does that make sense? It does. And I mean, I, frankly, I don't know. And he, let's let's be honest, the last two years, what the real issue has been has been the offense. Like, where is the offense? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's incredibly frustrating. You know, every, you know, you can go down the line, almost every single key contributor that you can name has underperformed this year or had long stretches of underperforming. I mean, but then, you know, again, you look at it like, you know, God, I'm looking at the numbers right now. Suarez has a BAPIP of 184. That's impossible. <laughs> that can't be anything but luck. You know? 
Small sample size luck. Yeah, I mean, you know, Castellanos, 245. Um, let me find Joey. Joey is uh, 225. Like, that's that kind of stuff is just, it's not possible. You can't sustain it long term. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I guess he gets some of the blame, but man, it just, however much we're maybe not interested in, in, in the luck, it, I just can't look at these numbers and really see anything other than bad luck. I, I don't know how you get to a team a team BAPIP of of two thirty six. Like it just you it, it doesn't compute. It doesn't work. I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I I don't think we disagree here at all. I think it's just kind of I'm I'm kind of striking out into the uh, into the void, trying to come up with some reason for why David Bell's teams have underperformed for his entire managerial career. And do I think it's – I really don't. I mean, I, if, if I were in charge, there's no way in the world I'd fire David Bell, to be honest with you. And a lot of people that are going to hear this are going to scream about that. If I'm in charge, I don't fire David Bell. I don't think he's done anything to deserve firing. Now, I, he's on the hot seat, though, or at least it's a it's a warm seat, perhaps lukewarm. Uh, I just – you know, his teams have underperformed. He, I think he has to take some share of that – Blame enough to get him fired? No, I don't think so. But that's just what I come back to, and I think you're right. I didn't uh, respond to it earlier when you said I. I don't think anybody in this front office is getting fired. I mean, I don't like it, not getting that sense. And it, yeah. you know, um, and I like all those guys. Actually, I think it's a pretty good group as far as I can tell. But I, I don't know. How do you get to 17 losing seasons in the last 20 years and just keep on doing things the way you've been doing it? Well, I mean, but the, I mean, that's the thing also is that this year they really aren't right. Like this year they did all of the things we wanted them to do. If we're going to be fair, like they spent a ton of money in the free agent market. They went after hard after guys who they didn't get. They got other guys like they did everything that they were supposed to do this year. Right. And it's just it's not working. Right. Right. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to. Quote what uh, Mo Egger, Cincinnati's uh, preeminent radio personality, Mo Egger, said on Twitter. He said, you know, fans who've spent recent years not going to games while enduring endless pleas of patience from front office and ownership group with a very limited track record of winning. I'm sure they're going to nod along and smile at a winner. Come on, we were just unlucky. Have you heard of Babbitt? But the point, the, the sentence that I like was, you don't get to treat losing like it's an outlier when it's the norm. Why should we trust these guys? They did a lot of things we asked them to do. But it didn't work. Are we just are we just gonna are we just gonna say, well, sorry, we were unlucky. I don't know. I just I'm having a real existential crisis as a Reds fan here because this team just keeps losing no matter what they do. Are they just destined to always lose? Well, no. And I mean, I think ultimately, you know, those people that he's talking about, none of them are coming back until it went until there's winning anyway. Um. And, you know, I, I think what it gets down to is, is we can start to ask questions about, well, what do you do? You know, like, what's what's your approach? And it gets kind of, you know, questionable. I, you know, I'm not sure that I would make too many changes on this team, if I'm being honest. And I think the two changes that I would make, they're in the process of making right now. I mean, Garcia is clearly the primary shortstop right now. And Stevenson, I assume, is about to transition his way into becoming the primary catcher. Yeah. Long-term upgrades at those positions are in process. I agree. In progress. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, what does Castellini do? And we're asking a lot of unanswerable questions here today, and I apologize for that, Jason. But, you know, he went out and spent some money. Now, I got him up to the 17th highest payroll in baseball, which isn't exactly, you know, shooting for the stars, but it's a lot better than we've seen. He did spend, spend a lot of money this offseason. Do they try to spend more? They've not had games to derive revenue from. You know, are they going to be able to spend more? It's going to be a, I mean, one of the weirdest offseasons. What does the free agent market look like this year? I Honestly, I mean, you know, because hashtag 2020, I haven't paid that much attention to it. Um, well, and we don't know. I mean, a guy like Nick Castellanos, is he going to going to step out and try to see what's out there in the free agent market? Maybe teams, maybe players will be less inclined to test free agency and you know, and re-sign with where they, wherever they are. I, I don't know. I think the twenty twenty is done. I wouldn't want to opt out right now. No way, no way. Especially, well, especially when he's been hitting since I wrote a really uh, nice article about him. <laughs> um, oh, your fault. Yeah, completely, completely my fault. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what to expect from this off season, but I guess the the point I'm driving at is you and I have been as optimistic. And as uh, willing to give the benefit of the doubt to this organization, uh, as anyone, really. I think we've been as optimistic as anyone. And I can't see any reason to generate much optimism for 2021 if they miss the playoffs this year. I can't say that I disagree with you. Even though I still kind of like all these players (laughs) that have been unlucky. I don't know. At some point, show me. It's not a bad team, or it doesn't feel like it should be a bad team. It's looked like a bad team, though, hasn't it? I mean, they've really not been fun to watch. They have not. It is true. Can we talk about Joey Votto? Because you and I have had a good time over the years. We've spoken many times about uh, Joey Votto. Listen, listen, Chad, I can always talk about Joey Votto. I know. On the on the Twitters, you're, you're the uh, coffee and Votto guy. Um, Joey Votto turned 37, I think, this week. Yep. That makes me kind of want to cry a little bit. Joey Votto. He can't get old. He's the oldest player on the 40 man now. Wow. Uh, it's funny to think of him. He's 37. He's playing with uh, Jose Garcia, who's 22. What do they, yeah. t- what do those guys talk about? I mean, I don't know. Baseball. Oh yeah. They could. Probably talk about that. You don't think they talk about TikToks that they've seen? You know, I, I I would be willing to bet money that Joey is not on TikTok. If Jose Garcia is on TikTok, I want to know. I want to see his TikToks. Um, what are your thoughts? You and I haven't talked about Joey in a while, and I've been kind of, you know, it makes me sad to see Joey age. Yeah. Uh, what What are your thoughts about Vado at this point in his career? What do we What do you expect out of him? Um. Above average-ish hitter. You, th- you think he can still be above average-ish? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I, I again, I can't really hold the current results of this year. Again, you know, like a week ago, he was up to, I don't know, around a 120 W run created plus. And then he's had another little slump, and now he's back down to around average. So, you know, it's the season is still is weird enough and small enough that a week, you know, will make a difference as to where he shows up in the final stats for the end of the year. Um but last year was, you know, I know we, we kind of talk about 2017 as the last time Joey was Joey, and, and for many of us it's true. 
But really, I mean, 2018, he was still a very good hitter. He just wasn't the Joey that we were used to. Yeah, give me that so, guy. Yeah, it's really only 2019 that's been kind of an aberration in, in, a, in a potentially disturbing way. Um, but, you know, just to, to talk about this year and, and why I can't muster the energy to be worried about Joey right now. So for the season right now, compared to last year, his walks are up. His strikeouts are down. His isolated power is up. Um, you know, all of the things that you feel like he can control are up. The only thing that's down is his. What is it, Chad? What's the only thing that's down? <laughs> I don't have to say it. I don't care about it. It's his bat. <laughs> his bat last year was 313. This year it's 225. Well, okay, yes, but and I, and I think that's absolutely also fair. While, while we're at it, I'm just going to keep going. He <laughs> okay. has fewer weekly hit balls than he has lately. He's gotten his exit velocity up where it should be. They're just, I mean, there's not a lot. Nothing in his peripheral screams worry. It screams, you know, unlucky month. Well, that's what I was going to ask you actually to look up while I while I pontificated a moment because um, when I looked, you know, two and a half weeks ago, whatever it was, his exit velocity was down. Uh, his, he was making weak contact essentially. So, uh, here, here's, here's my fitting with Votto. First of all, he's old for a baseball player. We, we have to, even Votto is going to age. What do we always yeah. say? Father time's undefeated. And his last year was not a good year. He was you know, average ish, but slightly below average. Yeah. And so now we're going on a season and a half of him being, you know, below average to average ish. Now I think your point that there are you know there are reasons to not discount but to uh, you know there's an asterisk with just 37 games in 2020 right this is a small sample. You, I mean, listen, if it, if this were any regular season and you had somebody's numbers through 37 games and they looked weird, you would be like, oh, I mean, it's only 37 games; it's meaningless. Yeah, and how many times has like, Votto started like and, that? And it still is like, you know, in terms of overall performance, 37 games just doesn't tell you that much that's useful. It just it just does not. You know, and I'm, I'm looking I looked it up now. Like, so his I know we I know you you don't care. That's your that's your motto. Today. <laughs> I but do. I do. I understand and I do care, but his, I don't want to care. His, his WOBA is three sixteen. His expected WOBA is three fifty seven. Oh, that's encouraging. Yeah, that is encouraging. Um, and then what's I, – I don't understand this particular stat, but it's uh, – I think it's the more advanced version, his XWO Bacon. I, I don't I don't know the breakdown of that one. I need to reeducate myself. Is 373. So apparently he should be hitting significantly better, like significantly better than he is. Wait, there's a, there's a Bacon stat? There oh. is. I need, to, I need to educate. I think it's the more advanced version. Hold on. I, I, lo- I love Bacon. Well, don't we all? So don't we all? I, okay. Well, here's here's my response, and it's not really a response because I, you know, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. But now, we we, we do say, yeah, 37 games. You know, who's going to make any kind of a grand pronouncement? But at this point, we're at 179 games. The last, you know, including last year, where he's not been Joey Votto. So at some point, he is what he is. Um, well, okay, but listen, watch. You, you, I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do some magic. Okay. Watch I like magic. Some. Let's let's hear it. All right, give me give me give me just a second. It's gonna take me 
it's been so so you gotta you gotta vamp for me here okay work, work your magic and, and let me explain what i mean by what i just said okay. uh, in 2019 2020 together Votto's hit 252 his on base 353 is fine uh slugging 408 his ops plus though over last year and this year is 94 and again that's six percent essentially below league average and it's not awful he's not killing the reds but it's not joey Votto, and so that's my concern is that we now have you know we're, we're approaching 800 plate appearances where he's not been not been great so have i vamped long enough or you need me to keep going you have you have it, it just calculated okay so if we go back to because i think you know this is a thing to note is that we all know that Joey started last season abominably, right? It's true. So the, the key for me, you know, in, in watching him closely as I do, if we go back to May 24th of last season, okay? Okay. That's 565 plate appearances. Essentially a full year. I mean, close to it. Yeah, a full year-ish. Now, are his numbers... His, and his numbers do get, I'm including this season, and they do get drugged down a little bit by this season. So they'd be, if we just did that part of last season, they'd be a little bit higher. But we've got a 268 average, a 365 on base percentage, a 434 slugging. is about 10% above average as a hitter. Is that Joey? No. Is it horrible? No, it's not that either. But you know, give me that Joey for the next two, three years. I'll take that. Certainly, in, yeah, in his... Sadly, though, we have to admit that it's a thing that exists. His decline phase, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, but but he can be a useful player. Now he can't be the way he's been playing defense lately. But yeah, uh, you know, I gotta say, I, you know, I don't. One of the things is I've kind of learned more about defensive statistics over the years, and, and kind of, I mean, I know he's he's tripped over himself a few times lately, but it really gets on my nerves every time he makes a bad play. People are like. Oh, he's such a terrible first baseman, and it's like actually no, he's not. It's he's actually a really good first baseman. It's just that first basemen aren't shortstops. Like, yeah, no, I mean I don't think he's terrible. I think he's the worst defensive, but he's made some howlers he, that he never would have made before. Yeah, he's had a couple. Of, he's had a, a couple of bad plays for sure recently, but he's no Nick Castellanos defensively. Is that okay. the worst defensive player you've ever seen? No, because I saw Adam Dunn. Whoa, no, he went there. Did you? Let me just say something. Adam Dunn and I love Nick Castellanos. I want him to be a Red for a while. I'm a big fan. Adam Dunn is a better defense. Was a better defensive player than Nick Castellanos. I'm going no, there. No, he was not. Oh my gosh, you're out of your mind. Listen, listen. The problem here's the thing is you know those those balls that bounce off Nick Castellanos' glove. <laughs> yes, Adam Dunn never would have gotten so, to him. Right. Adam Dunn was ten feet away from those when they hit the ground. It's not a bad argument. I have to agree with you. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. Well, before we get to some viewer mail questions, we got uh, some good ones here. I want to ask you one last question. Uh, how great has Trevor Bauer been as a pitcher? He he has been great, but actually, can I can I backtrack before we wrap up on Joey? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I listen. I know every time we have one of these podcasts, you're going to want to talk about Joey, and listen, so I'm all for it because it's his birthday. I, I had a long thread for anybody who doesn't follow me purely for coffee and Vado. You get other stuff too. Whatever. But this is my favorite all-time Joey stat for if they, in the in the odd circumstance that somebody on listening to the podcast today hasn't heard me say this and has not encountered this stat in honor of his birthday, I want to share my favorite Joseph stat. Joey Votto 
has led the league in on-base percentage seven times. The only other players to do that are Bonds, Williams, Ruth, Cobb, and Hornsby. I'm going to encourage you. You've said it before, you know, before on the podcast, obviously. You've said it on Twitter. I'm going to encourage you to keep repeating that. And anytime you want to say it on the podcast, say it. Because I'm, put say all those names, including Votto. Say them all in a group. Votto, Bonds, Williams, Ruth, Cobb, Hornsby. That's our guy Joey Votto with a bunch of inner circle Hall of Famers. And my second favorite stat, and then I'll let us move on. I've really taken to stats since integration because I did some research and basically – Sure. If we're being honest, Major League Baseball before integration was 4A ball because there were guys there who shouldn't be there. Since integration, the only players with a higher on-base percentage than Joey Votto are Ted Williams and Barry Bonds. Okay, well, the obvious question there is, were Ted Williams and Barry Bonds good at baseball? Uh, I My sources say yes. <laughs> and of those three, who is the most likable? Oh, Joey, no question. <laughs> not even a question. Not, not even close. Yeah. So listen, I encourage that because I'm afraid we're going to get to a situation at some point where there's some question about Joey Votto's Hall of Fame case, and there should not be any question. Any whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, he's done things that no one else has been able to do since integration, like you said, and yeah. and even even before. I mean, Hall yeah, of Fame. Even <laughs> incredibly rare, and you know, God. Also, if you just think about the the sheer number of players in the majors now, you know. It's one thing to be better than, like, you know, what, 250 other guys. Or oh, yeah, good point. Other guys. It's another thing entirely to be better than 700 other guys. Speaking of better than 700 other guys, we, we have to at least mention Trevor Bauer, um, who's playing for his one-year contract somewhere. He's uh, eight games into the season now. His ERA plus, 285, so 185% better than league average. 1.74 ERA, and he really, against the Cubs last night, we're recording this on Thursday, uh, he finally won a game when it looked like the Reds would never win again. I don't know, some of his pitches, they move like I've never seen a pitch move. He, you know, I, I will say this, as thoroughly unconvinced as I was in him last year, he is pitching awfully well this year. Yeah, maybe, awfully well. Yeah, maybe, it's, and you and I were both a little bit skeptical because he, he wasn't good. Last year, and really, he'd only been good, really, really, really like elite good one time in his career. Yeah. But yeah. did you see what you Darvish said last night after the game? Uh, that he thought Bauer was the best pitcher right now. Yeah, best pitcher on the planet. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and it might be true right now. Uh, is he? We're going to have a question about uh, him coming back, so I'll save that. But. Uh, he is he's he's a contract year uh, superstar, I guess. I don't know, my goodness. Uh, let's answer this. Go ahead, go ahead. No, that's it. That's all I gotta say. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it just a little bit more. Let's answer some of our viewer mail questions. As always, these are actual letters from actual viewers. These questions come from our friends at. Oh, Pat- none of you can see me. Yes, they can in their head. You don't understand how this works after all this time. These questions come from patreon.com slash redlegradio, where you two can support the podcast, join the family, and also get first shot at having your question answered in viewer mail. First question comes from Sydney Price. Sydney asks, would you ever consider getting an actual post office box for actual letters? 
Jason, you know this is going to happen now, right? I mean, bring it. <laughs> I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to the post office tomorrow. Joe Farsing asks, what's more painful, being a Reds fan or getting hit in the groin with a football Hans Molman style repeatedly? It's a Simpsons reference, Hans Molman, but what's more painful, being a Reds fan or getting hit in the groin with a football repeatedly? Uh, yes. <laughs> exactly. Equally Equally painful. This next question I'm a little skeptical about, but I'm going to go ahead and, and read it and we'll let Jason pontificate. Our friend Philip Razor asks, Dear oh, Jason, I know, right? This was not Phil. This was directed to you, not me, not to both of us. Oh, Lord. Dear Jason, please spend exactly seven minutes explaining to Chad why he should listen to Derek and the Dominoes live at the Fillmore on Continuous Loop for six years. Jason, can, wow. you, can you explain to me why I should be listening to Derek and the Dominoes live at the Fillmore on Continuous Loop for six years? Man, Phil, Phil just hit me deep right there. So I'm going to start pontificating, and this this might take seven minutes. You're, you're going to have to bear with me. <laughs> All right. So, so first, we have to get the backstory. Is that imagine, if you will, high school Jason discovering his dad's old record collection. And in, amidst all of this ancient vinyl, there are, are several discs that, that feature the guitar stylings of one Eric Clapton. And high school Jason's response to this is, and Chad, if you need to go in and bleep this, you can, is, holy shit, someone can do that? And so then Jason got a guitar. Um... The album that preceded this particular live performance, which Phil is speaking of, is, is Layla and Other Assorted Love Songs. And it is my favorite album of all time. No question. Just my favorite thing. The Live at the Fillmore record is just incredible. Derek and the Dominoes were such a short-lived band that nevertheless managed to be an absolutely spectacular band. And it's, it's an absolutely spectacular band just going. I mean, you know, most of the songs on that are seven, eight, nine, ten minutes plus. I mean, knowing what I do about your musical taste, Chad, this is right <laughs> up your alley. I mean, it is, it is right up your alley. It, it, I mean, there's just there's no question. I knew um, you were going to take a dig at me at some point, so continue. No, it's not a dig. Like, I like my jam bands here and there. We like sometimes different jam bands, but I mean, just the the virtuosity that is just on display for, I don't know, the two plus hours that those discs take up is just fabulous. And I mean, it's one of, it's long been one of my favorite like road trip listens. Cause I can just sit and listen to the whole concert. Um, and it's just, I, it's, it's just absolutely fantastic. It's, it's most of the songs from that album plus various other sort of blues chestnuts and, and, things from his one other solo album that had been out on that time. And it's just, it's just fabulous. It's, it's, it's a flawless live album. And Phil is correct. As much as I hate agreeing with Phil, you went I there. feel too strongly about this to even pretend that I don't agree with Phil. Oh, you it went. is incredible. And you should absolutely listen to it on repeat for as long as you can manage. All right. Well, that's the nicest thing anyone ever said about Phil on this podcast. True. The joke on Phil though, is that 
I am a huge Eric Clapton fan. Okay. Uh, and so I don't have any problem. I'll listen to that on continuous loop for six years. Have you years. ever listened to that, Chad? I have listened. No, I don't think I've ever listened to Live at the Fillmore. No. Okay. Well, you need to go find it. Yeah. No, I'm seriously interested. No, no, qu- yeah. no jokes uh, after hearing that because, I mean, Clapton's a genius, first of all. Uh, Correct. Correct response. Yeah. And he never recorded any uh, any song that had the, the phrase, throw that speedball by you. Chad. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. Uh, I promised. Do you need a timeout, Chad? <laughs> I promised Jason I wouldn't mention that particular okay. artist. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on before the podcast is destroyed. Okay. I agree with you. But no, I'm seriously going to listen to that. I think that's a, uh, that sounds like it's right up my alley. I'm reading a. I'm reading the autobiography of uh, Keith Richards right now. Speaking of guitarists, that guy's lived a life. He has. Um, speaking of, since we're on the topic, Clapton wrote his own autobiography a couple of years ago. Like, act, apparently, actually wrote it, and uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's interesting. It was interesting from a writer slash English teacher perspective because I really believe that he wrote it because it gets a lot better as you go. Right. Like you can see him figuring out how to write something in long form. I wish somebody would teach me that. Well, maybe one day if you're lucky. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day. Okay. Next question comes from Timmy Abeldness. Timmy's question is Trevor Bauer for president, commissioner, or Cy Young? I think we can agree on Cy Young right now. Yeah. I mean, that's I all know. I'll give you. Yeah. I hope. Uh, commissioner, I, I could maybe be compelled to, uh, just given how horrible our current commissioner, Mr. Manfred, well, is. Well, yeah, I mean, my stinky shoes are an improvement over Manfred. <laughs> yeah. That's not an endorsement of Bauer, though. It's an indictment <laughs> of Manfred. Right. Uh, so uh, we'll say Cy Young, but I can maybe be compelled to, uh, to say commissioner. That's probably as far as we need to go with that one. I concur. Hooper Powell from Columbus, Ohio, asks... Call it boredom, but while watching a so-called baseball team from Cincinnati, I decided to make my beer league softball lineup. So let's see if you'd agree with some of my picks. First base, Scott Hatterberg. Second base, Todd Walker. Shortstop, Paul Yanish. Third base, Juan Francisco. Left field, Johnny Gomes. Left center, Billy Hamilton. Right center, Willie Mopena. Right field, Kevin Mitchell. Catcher, Jason LaRue. Pitcher, Chuck McElroy. Okay, now that's a pretty good beer league softball lineup, but I've got some questions. How's Adam Dunn not in it? That's that's a fair. I mean, if you're making a a beer league team that is that's got Adam Dunn written all over it, and we literally have a picture of of Adam Dunn at the same double fisting Bud Lights. And my next question is, uh, and Jason, maybe you can explain how in the world is uh, is Billy Hamilton? Maybe he was saying Josh Hamilton. Ooh, I don't want to go there either. I'm presuming it's well, Bill. It just says Hamilton. Get four outfielders. You don't need Billy Hamilton. Yeah. So who do we put there? Who's the beer league softball center fielder that we've had? Mm. I can't think of any. I mean, you know, outfield and the Reds lately. <laughs> Oof. Right, let's put Austin Kearns there. Okay. All right. Andrew Scott Wills asks, if I were general manager, we wish you were, Andrew, if I were general manager, I would re-sign Trevor Bauer, let Disco and Miley, Anthony Scafani, Wade Miley, let them walk, and then add uh, Molly, 
and Antone, Tyler Molly, TJ Antone, to the regular rotation. What's your thoughts about that? Resign Trevor Bauer, let Disco and Miley walk, and then add Molly and Antone to the regular rotation. The first part of that is there's, it takes two to tango, as Adam Zandler once said. And you got to convince Trevor Bauer to stick around, and he's going to be he's going to command twenty five million or something this off season. So, what do you think about that, though? In 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 I mean, theory, it's not a terrible plan, just from a from a baseball perspective. You know, you, you've always got to have depth, but I think it's time for for Mally and uh, yeah, Mally clearly. Yeah, Mally clearly, and I mean Antone certainly is making the case, isn't he? Though, can we can we talk about Mally though for just a t- 20 seconds. I, I, yes, absolutely. He's finally become the guy that you and I have been saying for forever. He's still young, but he's this guy's a legit big league starter, right? Yeah, I think no question. And we and think he's got um, go three days until he turns 26. <laughs> yeah. That guy's got a, a career ahead of him. I don't know why anyone. Yeah, what do we always say? He gets people out. He gets people out. What do you think about TJ Antone, though? I'm I'm pretty impressed with what he's brought this year. I, I'm impressed, um, and he's yeah. I, I think I think he looks real good. I think you know he's finally recovered and figured it out both at the same time. Like recovered from his surgery, figured out the things that he needs to do. Um, you know he has that reputation as a very coachable guy. Um, so yeah, I mean he looks great. We'll see what he does for the remainder of the season. Um, but I don't have a problem penciling him in as a fifth starter. Um, but I could also see him as the swing man for one more year at least. You know, you bring somebody else in. Uh, I would not mind at all re-signing, uh, re-signing Disco. Thank you for going there. That's where I would actually go. I think Trevor Bauer, I I, mean, I would love to bring him back if, he, if he's going to pitch like this. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm still a fan of Anthony DiScalfani. And I don't have any problem. And he's probably not going to be that expensive. I don't have any problem bringing him back. A lot of people don't like Disco, and I get it. But actually, I don't get it. I like Disco. You like Disco? Uh, absolutely. I'm <laughs> on the record, as are you. Oh, I thought you were talking about, uh, you know, oh. we are family. I mean, it depends on the on the on the on the musical group. You're a big fan of the Bee Gees, right? Uh, no, but they had their moments. <laughs> they had their moments, exactly. All right, we're going off the rails here. Nathan Connor asks us at patreon.com slash Radio. Chad, I want to refer you to the Slack discussion from Wednesday about David Bell. We know you're wavering in your confidence in Bell. Did anything from our Slack discussion make you reconsider your position? Now, of course, he's talking about if you're a, uh, even at the lowest level of uh, of membership at patreon.com slash Radio, you can join our Slack channel where we discuss the Reds. It's kind of an alternative to Twitter. And, and to that point, all I'll say is, listen, I am wavering in my confidence. But reconsidering my position, I feel like I'm pretty open. I, I don't think Bell deserves all the blame here. I think that he deserves his share of the blame. And where you fall down on the spectrum of how much blame he deserves is where you is how you de- decide the question of whether he should be fired, in your opinion. I wouldn't fire him. So I don't know that it made me reconsider my position because I try always to be as open-minded as I can. But yeah, I did I did read it and listen to it, and I'm okay with it. Chuck Nichols asks, Is Nick Sinzel made of glass? Does he know the difference between being hurt and injured? I really enjoy watching him play, and I can see the potential, but the injuries at his age make me scratch my head. 
Now, let me begin by saying there's not a single person within the res organizations that's going to say that even privately that Nixon Zell is faking or he's not really hurt or um, that he's soft. No one will say that. But it has been frustrating that he's been hurt so often, or I don't even know if it's hurt now, but um, it's frustrating, right? Just on a, a from a fan's it, perspective. It, it, and, and frankly, I would take issue with somebody who, who you know, says, does he know the difference between inj- being injured and being hurt? And it's like, I mean, you know, these guys are all professional athletes and, and, you know, uh, trust me, they're, they're playing dinged up pretty much the whole season. They're maybe healthy. They're maybe a hundred percent for the first week. Um, but I mean, Lord, you, you, I don't know if, if anybody listening has ever experienced vertigo. I've, I've had it very mildly a couple of times and it's, I can't imagine playing baseball with vertigo in any degree. And he also like tore a tendon in his finger, which again, you can't play baseball with a torn tendon in your hand. Like, you know, like none of his injuries even are even questionable. It's not, do you know what I'm saying? It's not like, it's not like, Oh, you know what, whoever the guy was who hurt his neck on the plane all those years ago, sleeping wrong. Like it's not even anything like that. It's like, no, these are clearly serious injuries that prevent someone from playing baseball at any with any degree of proficiency. I think that's exactly the way to put it, which is that every one of these injuries have been real injuries. Okay. He's not, uh, uh, now is he made of glass? Well, he may be susceptible to injury somehow. Kind of like Eric Davis was maybe, you know, I don't know what that is, but I don't think there's any question whatsoever that everything that's caused him to miss games has been legitimate and, uh, just, it's, it's unfortunate. And I agree. All these injuries really frustrate me because he's a good player and if he could just get some run, just play, you know, six months healthy, I think he's yeah. going to be a star. But I don't know. It is frustrating. I agree with that. I agree with Chuck. It's frustrating. But what do you do? I mean, it is what it is. I don't think he's he's not faking it. He's not. Uh, and he's not soft. I don't believe that at all. Yeah, nor do I. Okay. Charles Zollers asks, what's your guy's best pickup line? Your best pickup line. You got one for us, Jason, or you want me to start here? Uh, you start, Chad. Okay, my best pickup line is this. And I've used this successfully many, many times over the years. And here's how it goes. Will you pretend to be my wife for an insurance scam, but then we fall in love for real? What do you think about that? That's a good, that's a good uh, pickup line, right? Will you pretend to be my wife for an insurance scam, but then we fall in love for real? I mean, I guess John Ralphio. I guess that's all right. <laughs> Excellent. You picked up on the John Ralphio reference from Parks and Recreation. Jason, I'm very proud of you. Okay. All right. Well, well, mine, <laughs> I've got one for you. This this is my own uh, construction, but it is in the spirit of, of one Tom Haverford. <laughs> We're going okay. Parks and Rec again. I love it. Right. Again, this isn't a Tom line, but this this is a Jason line. But But it was jokingly arose in the spirit of Tom Haverford. Okay. You ready? I'm I think I'm ready. Are you a bowl of soup because you look like you could use a spoon? <laughs> oh, Jason. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm going to go uh going to use that on uh, Mrs. Dotson tonight. Ew, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> she would laugh, laugh, laugh. I love it. Okay, three more questions. Let's try to run through these as quickly as we can and then uh 
and then we'll get out of here. The next question from patreon.com slash redlegradio comes from our friend Rich Thompson. Next has two questions, but I think that uh, we can uh, answer them fairly quickly. Question number one, since viewer mail has become a hit on the Red Leg Nation radio show. Did, did you hear that, Jason? Viewer mail has become I a hit. I hear nothing. <laughs> Don't you think it deserves its own fun and catchy intro like you have at the start of each podcast? I think we do. I think we need a, I think we need a viewer mail theme song, don't we? Per, may, mayhap we doff. <laughs> I think I can get uh, find uh, Paul Schaefer and get him to get him to record a viewer mail theme song for us. You know, I, I, he might he might branch out to listener mail. It's possible. <laughs> Come it on. is possible. Question number two: Is there a home office where viewer mail is processed and delivered to you each week? Now, of course, he's talking about. Uh, David Letterman, who I reference far too often on this podcast, uh, his uh, his top ten list was always from the home office in Kalamazoo, Michigan, or somewhere. He says, if not, I rec- recommend these strong towns in Virginia for consideration. Well, number one, Cat's Bridge, population two twenty nine. Number two, Fancy Gap, population two thirty seven. Number three, Quinby, population two eighty two, and fourth, Yogaville, population two twenty six. The home office is not located in any of those places, Jason. Do you know where the home office is of Red Leg Nation Radio's viewer mail department? Um, all I was going to say was, listen, guy, it's 2020. Every office is a home office right now. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Oh, mercy. Well, I was going to say that the home office for viewer mail is Big Stone Gap, Virginia. Big Stone Gap, Virginia. Big Stone Gap, Virginia. Also, the title of a horrible, horrible Ashley Judd movie. Go look it up. Risto Neely asks, Oh, man, this is a... Risto, your questions. I love you, buddy. I'm going to skip that for a moment. Let's go to Joe Farsing. It's a, it's a okay. long one. <laughs> oh, it got skipped on viewer mail. That's quite the dubious Sorry, Risto. It's, it's a lot of words, and I'm not good at reading. I'm not a strong reader, Jason. Well, uh, you know... That doesn't surprise you. I wish it was shocking. <laughs> Joe Farsing asks, if given three wishes from a genie and your first two wishes aren't for, number one, an unlimited number of wishes, and number two, an unlimited amount of poutine, then just how bad are you at life? As much as you love Votto, don't you love some poutine, Jason? I don't. It does not appeal to me. I don't want gravy on my fries. Okay. All right. Risto, last question. Let's go ahead and do it. Chad, seeing as how you've just changed careers in midstream and midlife. Wait a minute. Midlife? I'm not that old. Those of you on the podcast don't know. Uh, Credit for only midlife. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, I haven't said it here on the podcast, but you know, m- many of you know that I was a judge for almost 15 years and I, I quit. And I'm now a law professor at a law school. So anyway, would you consider making that change again? If for some odd reason, Virginia attorney general doesn't have, yeah, I'm going to run for attorney general of Virginia. Would you consider applying or as the case may be lobbying for the position of baseball commissioner before you reject my idea, consider the qualifications of past commissioners, be a lawyer, know the game of baseball inside and out, be able to make life altering decisions. I've done that. Love the game. Mm, Not as much as I used to fairly assess and punish those persons who would hurt and demean the game. Yeah, okay. And not be a stooge for the owners or the players' union. 
And finally, there's a precedent for having been a judge, as was our first commissioner. If you were to achieve this lofty position, I hereby promise not to ever call you Grand Poobah, as I do our present failed commissioner. I realize this position would bring you an immense amount of abuse, but probably no worse than you now endure from all of us slackers. Yes, I just endured it from you, Risto. I, I would just point out that as far as I can tell, being a lackey for the owners has been a quality commissioner since the beginning of time. It's really been the only qualification. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Uh, I do not want to be baseball commissioner, no. But is there a position in baseball that you would like to have, Jason? I would very much like to be the general manager of the Reds. You know, I don't know. I mean, you know, there are plenty of jobs that I would I would do for a few years for sure just just for the uh, just for the salary. Um, but I think I think the 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 way I most like interacting with baseball is is primarily as a fan and and occasionally as a little bit of the reporter every now and again. I I think I'm pretty happy with that arrangement in terms of how it frames my relationship to baseball. Now, if they wanted to throw some general manager money at me, I'll do my best for a few years, sure. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think I would do it in a heartbeat, and there's zero chance I'll ever get a chance to do it. I will never be employed by a big league team. But uh, that's probably for the best for me and for said big league team. All right, Jason, any... any... You really, I mean, honestly, you, you don't have the... Uh the right qualifications to be a general manager. You're not related to any owners. <laughs> I saw that one coming a mile away and you are correct. I am not related to any of the owners. Okay. Well, uh, let's wrap this one up. This is red leg nation radio episode number 341. The Cincinnati reds are still a major league baseball team and we still talk about them. Please, please, uh, you know, give us some applause for the fact that we continue to talk about this very frustrating team. You can find podcasts all over the place. Find a podcast app, download it, and download the podcast, Red Lake Nation Radio, because we are there. That's all I'm going to say. Jason's at Jason Linden on Twitter. I'm at Dotson C occasionally on Twitter. Jason, do you have any final thoughts for us here? Go Reds. Please. Please just they go. They are my favorite team for some reason. <sighs> for Jason Linden and John Ralphio, this is Chad Dotson saying... So long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.